this, these, this gospel and this passage today present us with uh, many things that we could fruitfully work with. But I want to suggest that mainly they, they present to us a question that has been at the heart of humanity for millennia. We might say since before history. We, we can't speak to that in, in terms of written history. But we can see, as St. Paul said, when he was preaching at the Areopagus, which is a Greek site, and there were Greek monuments around, and he said, I see that you are devout people because there is an altar here to an unknown God. And then he goes on to say that people of diverse nations and faiths have been straining and moving and searching to find God in every place and every time. And he honors that. He says this is, this is a divine quest. It's a quest for finding God in our lives. And, and we do it because, as uh, to paraphrase Arundhati Roy uh, in her beautiful novel, The God of Small Things, when she's speaking of her brother, she says that there's a hole in her heart that is his shape. And you've heard this said about God. There is a God-shaped hole in the human heart, a place where we want God to be. And so this, this sermon, this time with you, this, this conversation of hearts is about how do we find God and how does God find us? You see, uh, when Jesus, there's some really important things going on in this gospel, several different things. He's um, teaching them, his closest disciples. He doesn't want anyone to know he's doing this because he wants uninterrupted time with his closest followers to be able to say very important things which they cannot understand. They're not prepared to understand it. So there's that. And then there's this whole arguing about who is the greatest. Uh, a very human thing, and it comes into, it comes into what comes next. He's teaching them in the way of a master teacher. He hears them arguing on the way, and he makes it an occasion of, uh, of teaching. He says, you know, you were talking on the way. What were you talking about? He knows very well what they were talking about. <laughs> and, and they're silent because they don't want to admit that it was an unworthy conversation that they were having. But finally, uh, you know, the truth comes out. They were arguing who is the greatest. And then he tells them, well, if you want to be the greatest, flash, you've got to be last and servant of all. And then, and then to the point that I think is at the heart of this, where we are, he takes this child and embraces, a warm embrace, and says, whoever receives a child in my name receives me. And not only me, but the one who sent me. That is God. So here's a path. Here's a path that Jesus is opening up for his closest friends and disciples, his students, 
to find God and to welcome God, the living God, into their lives. In the letter of James, um, it's, uh, it's spicy stuff, the letter of James, isn't it? Salty. <laughs> um, and it, it, you know, it was Martin Luther's least favorite part of the Bible. Uh, he called it a letter of straw. That's another story. <laughs> but in that letter, uh, James writes to, to whomever he's writing to, we don't really know, and says, uh, you do not receive. Here's that, here's that verb. You do not receive because you do not ask rightly. You ask for your selfish purposes, and thus you don't receive. So this is about prayer. Both of these are about prayer. The gospel is about prayer, and this little section of James, uh, he gets right to the heart of what we're about, is about prayer. So this is this, this age-old, humanity-old, species-old search. How do we find God? And how does God find us? So welcome back. It is wonderful to be back together. And it's, you know, this is, this is true, isn't it? You're wearing masks. I will be in a few minutes again, maybe longer from now than you wish. <laughs> um, we would like to have the pain over. And you haven't heard me say this directly to you, but thank you. The Diocese of California, St. John's, you've been extraordinary through this pandemic. You have cared for yourselves, you've cared for your families, you've cared for your neighbors, and there are lives that have been saved because of you. There are lives that have been saved because of you. But that doesn't mean it has not been without struggle and without pain. And I am sure, for some of you, loss. And this is when we start to cry out to God. There is another great world religion that says, it has been interpreted to say that life is suffering, like an equation. But that is not what it says. What they say is that there is no life that does not experience suffering. And that we can affirm. There is no life that does not know suffering. And it is from the heart of suffering that we call out to God and ask God to be with us and to help us. And that is not a selfish cry. That is the cry, it's an existential cry. It's the cry of the heart. But Jesus is taking us into a place that our culture does not take us. Interwoven with the culture is the church, and with all religions, interwoven with the culture, they're not separable, but they are not the same. And the values of the culture are not the values of your faith. So the values of our culture would tell us that the greatest, the greatest of these, is the one who gets the prizes. And the ultimate prize is to have our life affirmed 
and saved. The quest of all the great emperors and all the great kings of all the past, of all the empires, of all the kingdoms, has been finally to keep what they have. And the ultimate thing that we want to keep is our life. It's said that that one emperor of China was spent his life in the quest for immortality. He sent fleets of ships out all over the world to search for the elixir of life that would give him immortality. He rests with all of his ancestors, as we will, as well. Nothing would preserve his life in that way because he did not receive because he asked wrongly. He wanted to be the greatest, and from the position of the greatest, he was the greatest. He asked in a way that used his power. So Jesus has a whole other way of praying. Can you consider this prayer? What he's presenting to you and to me is a pathway to God and from God to us. And it is this. Concretely, really, if you welcome a child in his name, you welcome him and you welcome God. We could stop. It literally means that. He's not metaphorizing. But we could say, because we have the Gospel of Matthew that pairs with this, and near the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells a very uncharacteristic parable, but it has become one of the most well-known of all of his sayings. He says there will come a moment out of time, as it were, when the Almighty will sit on his throne and he will gather all the nations of the world before him and they will be sorted out between the sheep, as it were, and the goats. The right hand, the sheep, let are in the house. It's only metaphorical. They don't mean it badly. Your left hand is a good thing. So the sheep are on the right, naturally. The goats are on the left. And I want to also say, what's wrong with goats? You know, here in Marin, Shevra is a, is a really good thing. Um, so, but they're sorted out Based on what? Can somebody tell me? You can, you can unmask for one moment and say, what are they sorted out on the basis of? You know that, you remember I'm from the American South, so we do have a chance for a little dialogue. Here's another Southerner. What are they, based, what are they sorted out on the basis of, Betsy? How they, not just others, but the least of these. Thank you so much. True to your southern roots. <laughs> and true. They're sorted out on the way that they treat the least of these. And children, in almost every culture, are the least of these, but they're not the only of the least of these, are they? You have been engaging during the period of the pandemic, which coincided with Black Lives Matter. You've been engaging with our 
400-year struggle in this country with race, haven't you? We've been learning. We've been learning what it means. But there are many other categories of the least of these. Immigrants struggling to get away from danger, starvation, drug wars, looking for a home. You know the least of these in your own lives. So what Jesus is saying is that as we encounter them, not as objects, not as less than, but meet them as he held this child with love, that we are welcoming, we are opening our hearts to receive God. The quest, the age-old quest is over. God enters our hearts when we are willing to meet the least of these in a respectful and loving way. But let me say that Jesus is trying to prepare these students of his for something that is coming. Not only his death, but the death, their own death. Because if they follow him, they will share his fate. This is really the message he's trying to deliver to them, and maybe they, at some level of their consciousness, they know this. This is why it says they can't understand him. And they were afraid to ask him any questions. Because they're afraid to suffer and die in the way that they are now learning he will, against their hopes and their expectations. So when you encounter the least of these and treat them as your family, as your friend, as your loved one, you are doing as Jesus did. And it will put you, Christian, in the way of harm. So where do we get the strength to do that? Let me suggest that there is one other avenue of prayer through which Jesus can meet me and meet you to give you the strength to love. And that is to meet the least of these within your own heart. There is some part of you, there is some part of me, that is less capable, less confident, less successful, not the greatest. And that part of me, that part of you, that part of us, needs to be met with the same love and respect that the child Jesus gathered into his arms and warmly embraced was met. So may I suggest that we start there. That when you say your prayers, that you look into your own heart and see yourself, the least of yourself, in the same way that Jesus does. It's utterly lovable. Utterly embraceable. Utterly the same pathway to God as the one that is blessed with the greatness in the world. And when you do that, Jesus promises that he will meet you there 
and even more than he, God will meet you there. Your prayers will